And we back. Welcome back to Cinema Studs land to the Kumaye, San Diego, sunny San Diego, California. We are the Cinema Studs and we are doing another five-year review. I'm your host, Valente Martinez. And I'm Alonso Martinez. And with us today, we have one of our other guests, starting Matt. Hi. Hey, everyone. My name is Matt Rodriguez. I am a self-proclaimed film preservationist. Um, my, my scholarly, really wise in film really comes from viewings of classic movies on the Turner Classic Movie Channel to checking out indie films over at the now resting in peace, Ken Cinema, to, which was located here in San Diego, to any other kind of little odds and ends of any streaming service, be it HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu. You can find me on all sources of that deep dark web just to get my film craving fix. <laughs> I, my specialties really lead towards old Hollywood, but I love where film has gone today. I love where we're at. I love everything about film. I love that it's just a culmination of people's thoughts, ideas, and it's basically just a moving photograph that was brought together by so many different personalities. And that's what I love about film. And I love how it inspires people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, I don't know. What, what are we talking about today, Alonzo? So today's episode will be Dope. 2015 came out around June. Mm -hmm. And it's a film directed by... I he, he has a really funky name, Rick Fumiyama. I believe, yeah. So, yeah, so something like that. I, I, I It's very possible we just butchered his name. Uh -huh. Yeah, apologies. But yeah, apologies, Rick, if we, if we didn't. If he hears us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt is, uh, is uh, one of our cinema studs. Uh, this is his first episode, his first appearance on the podcast. So... He's aware of the, he is aware of the five-year gimmick. He agreed to be on this, but he is, interestingly, this is the first time him watching this movie. Is that right, Matt? Very true. I didn't even hear about it when it first came out in 2015. I, you know, I, you know, I can't even really, really remember the films that were came out that year in 2015. It's, it's, it's a long time. Right? I think the only one that I remember actually seeing, I, I hope it was 2015. It might have been 2016. It was, oh, shit. It was Jackie. Do you remember Jackie? I remember seeing Yes. The Natalie Portman? Yes, that one. I think that's the only one I remember from around that era. Um, that, I think that was 2016, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. I want to see you know, that'd be a good one to watch for 16. It's good. It's good. But anyway, Joe, I loved it. I, you know, I love how the beginning really tricks you into thinking that it's going to be a film set in like early 90s, maybe like yeah. early 80s, because you get this picture of like the Super Nintendo to like vinyl records to um, Dr. Dre on the wall. <laughs> it's great. And then all of a sudden, it just like you just see this kid who looks like he's from, I don't know, a, like an 80s, like John Hughes movie at the dinner table with a fucking iPhone. And that's what I love. It just it jumps right into that. I'm like, oh, okay. So you know exactly it's supposed to be modern times, but from the way that he dresses and the way that his best friends dress, it's supposed to kind of evoke that like feeling of just days gone by, like 80s, 90s kind of 
very colorful uh, palette of just, um, I don't know, just like eccentricities and kind of like 80s style. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he, he said it right on the head. I mean, he, I, from remember from before we re, re, we rewatched it everything Matt said like that's what I remember a lot of that like what, what else did you remember from like like before we rewatched it I knew um what's face Lakeith Stanfield was in there oh, I believe yeah, I at least for me I want to say that was like the earliest role I can remember him being in there uh-huh. and I mean it's funny because he's barely in the movie you mm-hmm. know without giving too much away like only four scenes I yeah, think it like it and yeah, like just the '90s aesthetic to it, even though it's said like in mon- like now to 2010 era. Oh. And yeah, it's mostly it, I believe. At least mm-hmm. from what I first time back when we watched it, from what I remember. I I remember like like it. I remember how much life it it exploded on the screen from the characters. From how they're dressed and i do remember recalling uh how matt uh said it nicely being tricked that you were watching like a period piece kind of of the 90s or 80s and it did throw me off when he was talking about bitcoin at, yes, at, right absolutely. he was just like talking about bitcoin and it's like it's going to be a new currency and it's going to be really cool uh of the future i was like wait this is no. This is today. Like, is this kid really dressing like this today, right now? No, right. Because they're barely utilizing like. Because if you still in the mind frame that this is like you know early '90s, late '80s, or like they're barely using computers. They're barely yeah, no. <laughs> just released the you know the Nintendo yeah. Entertainment System. So you're like, wait, what's going on here? So no, it was it was definite, and I think that was probably the writer's purpose is to really kind of like jump you into the film and kind of almost wake you up in a way because it kind of like you know you get you get used to this idea for just even a few minutes of like okay this is going to be a period piece 80s film and then just like boom immediately a change into like okay different scenery different time zone than what you were thinking and it kind of wakes up your brain a little bit to pierce into what's going to happen yes because that that abruption of between visual style of of the characters Mm -hmm. and then literally into what they're speaking about with contemporary subjects Mm -hmm. was like oh shoot i have to catch up like i legitimately have to catch up exactly no so that that was a really fascinating part of the movie like i remember being a little confused um but now after watching after five years i really feel like this is like another mark in cinema mm-hmm. where the progression of voices from different communities are really starting to flourish. To come about, yeah. I, it re- like, cause at, at the moment I was only watching 70s cinema when this first came out. Mm-hmm. That was it, a whole lot of white guys, but mm-hmm. I love their voices, you know? Coppola, Scorsese, Spielberg, you know, all, all the, all Luke, George Lucas, you know, all, all, the, all the big time ones. Um, and then, but now that I'm a little more open to, especially this, and this is really timely and really appropriate with Matt, because the way we met was at a freaking, uh, Criterion, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble Criterion sale. So it was super neat that we got to have like another person to, to discuss like different parts of not only just cinema, but like of just times and countries and just and and identities too and 
and since then we i mean somebody that i'm really happy that i finally got to that i finally got to discover was like spike lee mm. and this really feels like a stepping stone from having spike lee as part of our our mainstream media yeah I, I don't know about you guys, because I, I really feel I really felt like Spike Lee's inspiration partly it, in this. It, absolutely. Yeah, it was very much because it, it for me, it's kind it ends up kind of being a message picture, especially with the end with the main character writing his Harvard submission. And then he kind of ends that whole with things like, you know, why do I want to apply to Harvard? What would you even ask? a white guy that like yeah. that's when it kind of turns this whole film around into like this whole film has been something that's trying to like rewire your dna like you're an mrna about like how you feel about race and like it, it just not that the whole film wasn't trying to do that beforehand but it was really trying to drive that nail home in the end and that's very much something that spike lee does especially in like you know something like do the right thing or god or any of his pictures really a lot of them <laughs> yeah but no i i totally you can totally see his influence in this and i i really loved the aesthetic that they were trying to do with the whole kind of 80s ish but the color palette for the film was to me seemingly 80s is very bright very bold colors especially on the main characters but also on a lot of the scenery like when you when we first go to the house where he's supposed to he's supposed to drop off the package it's like a big bright red door and that's and it's like kind of contrasting with like the white house too it's very jarring it's just and the fact that it's also set in LA with the contrast with like the clear blue skies there's never a cloud in the sky it's just um I don't know it evokes I, I think I mentioned this before but it evokes that whole kind of crazy funky highlighter color palette that would be used in something like pretty in pink or the breakfast club or something like that that's in that way it kind of makes it seem like a it makes it seem a little bit not dated but just kind of have that essence into it but with a whole different lens i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah absolutely I, yeah i i got that too because th there's that one because I love how he sets up a shot, yeah. but it's clearly like a scene of like Malcolm just riding his bike across the screen. But yeah. it's like, it, it, but it's that weird church that looks like it's used to be an old retro theater or something. Yes. Yeah. And then it's him and establishes it. And then it says, yeah. and then it goes, introduces his friends, and, and then it talks about Diggy and it talks about, does it, oh, and, and this is what, and Diggy's a lesbian. And then it goes to her little shot and it goes back to that same oh. shot of the church. The church yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> and, then it, and then it just builds up really nicely the world yeah. that the, the characters live in. I mean, what, what I was like, there's Randy's Donuts. That's a classic location. People of just any kind of like, LA Hollywood cinema, especially like 70s, 80s, is like that donut place. Especially yeah. that donut. Um, I don't know. What about uh, so? How did were you guys first introduced to this film? Like what? What like made you like seek this out? Was it just something that was playing? And you were like, oh, this might look good, or was it even like the name Dope itself? Or it was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, you know what? 
Alonso really got me back into cinema. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, and so much far, so much more as to like straight up um, watch movies, but, mm-hmm. but also support small movies. Uh-huh. So I think I'm, rem- I'm starting to remember. I was really on the hunt for like small movies uh-huh. and probably even struggling movies. Not necessarily struggling movies, but movies that definitely deserve the attention. And mm-hmm. when I was hearing dope around, because I'm pretty sure it was me, right? It was pretty, it was, I'm pretty sure it was me. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I don't yeah. remember you. Because you, because because at, at a certain point, uh, me and Alonso's, uh, uh journey to cinema was going backwards from like 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. And then I also started going backwards further. Oh. I stopped in the 60s. Because mm-hmm. I heard someone say, I just remember some annoying person said, like, there's no such, there's no good movies coming out today. So I started like, I was like, no, screw that. There are good movies coming out today, and I will prove that there are. Mm-hmm. And I think Dope was one of the first, was one of the ones that was like, yeah, there is great cinema going on around. And mm-hmm. and then I just, I remember, like, then it came out on like uh, on Netflix or something like that. Yeah, yeah it ended up coming out. On, I, mean, I didn't see it theatrically. But I remember seeing it like in on Netflix, like within a year or something. Mm-hmm. So like I saw it like probably 2016 latest mm-hmm. or earliest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we both saw it at the same time, but yeah, I think I think somewhat similar. I'm trying to remember too, but I think it was just like I started hearing like those like that movie circle. I was like mm-hmm. following. I just thought like people brought up that movie dope, mm-hmm. saying Drive was another one of those. The Brian Gosling. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was just like it was just blowing up. Like there was just so much talk going on about it, saying how good it was. Like the cinematography, everyone's talking about. And then just it got on Netflix, and everyone started watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's how I watched. It. I'm pretty sure that's how dope like got on my radar. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was funny because the movie was on Netflix. I think it was literally like this year they got yeah. rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to all, we had to rent it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't worry. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get a business uh a business credit card and then I'm gonna put all the streaming services on it. So. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, for a seemingly small movie though, it's got fabulous writing. The writing is so smart from whether it's like the little quips between it's just, the dialogue is believable. The, the story itself. Um, I want to know, like, was it, is it partially based on like a real story? Because it, it was, it seemingly is believable to me. Um, it just, I don't know. It, it just, it, it never felt too far fetched. Like it never felt at one point in the film that I, was um i don't know being forced to believe something like it everything felt kind of organic in that sense like from the like you know there was no kind of crazy like oh now we're gonna do this like because they could have gone in a whole different direction like they could have just i don't know put in some random like a plot twist the plot twist like i don't know but there was nothing of that sort it, it, everything just kind of progressed like yeah okay we found drugs yeah, okay, we got to sell these drugs now. And then also at the same time, I have to remember who I am and not lose myself in this whole uh, process of this. Like, like that's why he kind of uses at the end is like, 
it's like, yeah, I'm trying to sell these drugs, but ultimately it's like to get what I wanted, which was, you know, this guy to give me a good recommendation to the people at Harvard. I don't know. It just, I don't know. It felt, um, I don't even know what to say. It just felt very, it just, it didn't ever feel unbelievable to me. I don't know. And maybe that says something sad about the world where it's like, I can see that something like this could actually happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, from, from the little bit that we were able, cause there's not a lot on the director. He, no. he made a film in 99 hmm. and then it was pretty much dope. Hmm. Like a bunch of other stuff, like like smaller stuff though. Yeah, smaller movies. Yeah, smaller movies. Uh, good for him. Well, or uh, I mean, it happens. He was going to be the director of Flash, the Flash movie, but then he dropped oh, out. Okay. You know? But uh, I mean, I'm happy for him because he's now he's directing episodes on The Mandalorian, which is a huge show for him. So it's 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 good for him. Yeah, huge. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, he I was. I was listening to some interviews that he was putting on and, and I couldn't find a whole lot, but the little things that he did talk about was the stories he'd like to do was uh, stories that he recollected from his, uh, when he was younger. Like there was one story that he said where he could use it because it's kind of, it's kind of autobiographical. Mm. So he was recalling his memory of uh, the situation when he was when he where he was getting a soda and a bag of chips and in a, in a little drugstore and he was getting ready to to go to go up to the cashier and then the and then the little store got robbed oh. and he was thinking about should i leave but if i leave i'm gonna like steal this like i'm gonna I'm gonna essentially steal these stuff, and I don't. Should I put them back? And so, and then until he looked at the cashier, and the uh, and the cashier told him to, to just go. Just go. Yeah, just go. So he was talking about how it's like, like him as a person, the fact that his life could have been uh, drastically different if he had made a different choice at that moment. Uh, he 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 was thinking about those kinds of stakes for his characters. Oh. So. I was actually I was I was really intrigued by that. So it sounds like he grew up around these kinds of characters, and right. and he heard about stories, and he probably he probably just kept up with his community and 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 heard about. And then also he he didn't stay out of touch with the world around him either, oh. considering he's involved in cinema and production and technology and art. So he definitely. So he definitely learned a lot that he was able to apply in this movie because this this movie really feels like a hodgepodge of all kinds of interesting stuff from style to music to culture to 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 social social economics too a little bit because because (laughs) with his because he had to figure out I mean we're jumping around we're I mean we're jumping around with this with this with the story but yeah uh matt said matt matt mentioned it with he has to try to figure out how to sell drugs because he got invited to a drug party he got got invited to a a birthday party of a drug dealer and then a shootout went out and then he stashed the drug dealer stashed the drugs and a gun in uh poor malcolm's backpack and they have to they they end up figuring out how to sell it 
so that they can get a he can get a good recommend a letter of recommendation from a Harvard gra- graduate who is from the same neighborhood of Inglewood. So mm-hmm. yeah, like they had to really figure out how to sell, how to distribute, how to and how to freaking make back the money so they don't lose any of it. So yeah, I mean it's it's, it's really it's so much and yeah. it doesn't feel cluttered. No, I, I, don't, I don't feel like it. Like I don't know, you guys. Does it feel like he handled them, handled the subjects nicely? No, um. Well, for me, I felt like I said earlier. Yeah, I felt everything was believable and organic. Nothing felt really too much at a certain point. Like I felt like everything was. It felt. Yeah, the the material itself was kind of crazy to watch but everything felt like a natural kind of progression like you know this happens like you know yeah he gets the drugs yeah he has to sell them and then yeah he has to like then it's like oh yeah like you know i have to find a way to deal with well do i want to keep kind of doing this lifestyle and then or do i really have to remember who i am and go to harvard versus but then you also throw in like the aspect of the whole kind of love triangle thing where it's well not even a triangle but the whole love angle thing where like i don't know he's just kind of because that's when it kind of shows how it's also trying to be like a bit of a teen coming of age movie because it's like oh he's like a virgin oh like and then you have the character lily who kind of throws herself onto him and then he's like oh maybe not yet and then you know you have the zoe kravitz character who's like supposed to be like the person who's showing him like you know this is what love could actually be or what it will be in the future for you um and that's where i think it kind of like seems like something like you know same anything like say anything like by james l brooks like it just it feels like kind of one of those 80s like quintessential teen movies but it's so much more than that um and it, it's so much more by all the things that you said um were in it too like all the different ideas like because then i think the one thing that uh i felt like could have been added a little bit more to it like you know they just mentioned very briefly that like oh he comes from this like a single mom who raises him mm-hmm. like you know she drives the bus and that's it and i think we see maybe two or three scenes with her and that's the extent of that of their kind of relationship or her kind of presence in the film i feel like maybe to make the character a little bit more fleshed out that kind of could have like you know we could have maybe fleshed out the mom character a little bit more and that in turn might have given us some more i don't know meat to malcolm and to his strife and to his plight as uh someone who lives in really shitty part of town and who's never met his father a day in his life and is just struggling to kind of accept himself and be accepted for what he likes and his own beliefs and where he wants to go in life um i know that's a kind of like jumbled <laughs> kind of, no, that's i i feel that like yeah. i mean I don't, did, did you feel like the subject i mean before we before i move on like, yeah sorry i love like the- no, no, you're fine because that 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 makes you want to mention something else. But before we do that, Leslie, did you want to? I mean, I know you guys because in a weird way, it is like like you mentioned, like an '80s '90s movie. Mm-hmm. But an interesting, like it's that is like, interesting actually. It is a both like an interesting combination of a nine like 
like yeah like an urban 90s movie but also like a 90s hood movie too yeah mm. this weird combination or no weird like a, a 90, like a 90s hood coming of age yeah, like, like a weird, like a, that's interesting. Yeah, like all, yeah. That is what the heck. Yeah, and that's the part I really like. Yeah, because there was this feeling like, yeah, you have the typical like, you know, he wants to graduate, he wants to go to Harvard, mm-hmm. but then yeah, it's like yeah. he has to deal with like the hood. Of- yeah, like the hood and everything yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, that's like almost slowing them. Wow. Down. And wow. Then, yeah, that that is so poignant because mm-hmm. it is just straight up like. It's not too much of the other either, because I didn't realize how much of a coming of age it was until Matt said it, and then I didn't really think about how much of a like really close of a hood movie it really was, mm-hmm. and it combined like an '80s and '90s aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Wow, oh, that's actually really that's actually a really cool realization. Actually, did you want to say anything else about that? Or? Um, just. That, yeah, it just felt like it matched. It just went so well together. And yeah, just that's, that was the main thing I liked about the movie. Mm. Yeah, it, it totally blended all of these different film tropes into it and made it very seamless. It, it didn't feel like there was no, like I said, there's no part of it that felt like, oh, it's just kind of broken down or anything. It just, it all kind of worked. And I think that also has to be said for um the cast as well because i think i felt like they were the ones that really helped bring it to life like i usually never like the main character of any movie i think i don't think you're ever really supposed to because they always kind of you always kind of learn the most about them and see all the flaws and i think that in turn makes me not gravitate towards the main character um but i i really enjoyed malcolm and the performance that um oh god what was the actor's name i'm gonna butcher it shamik moore shamik moore i really enjoyed his performance because there's something very earnest about him and about his presence and i think that really helps kind of lovable seemingly dorkish character like malcolm really come to life in a way and I don't know feel genuine and not feel like a role it felt like he feels like an actual person he feels like someone I could meet or know yeah yeah he really does he doesn't seem like a character yeah he he feels like a person that we could run into and he would talk about the things he taught he mentioned in the movie (laughs) right exactly um I was just gonna say yeah Sorry about that. Yeah, because I was about to say, um, yeah, Matt brought up the mom, and I remember watching it the first time, and the few times she came up like on the screen where she wasn't in the house, mm-hmm. I thought it was just a random person. Oh, like, yeah. like when they were like when they were tracking them, and then Malcolm uses her uh, his mom's bus route to to lead to lead them off because of the track because they're tracking his phone yeah. when. When the first time I saw, it, I thought it was just a random woman, and then when she came up and and I thought I thought it was just a random woman just driving the bus until I rewatched it again and I realized, I was like, oh no, he used his mom's bus route to to get to get away from them. I do agree with what you said that I I kind of wish like, you know what, that is kind of a weakness in the movie for me. Mm-hmm. That we, I wish we could have seen more of his mom. 
because even just like a nice little conversation between them, like just like maybe like uh, like after like a crazy thing happened, or like or or asking them like, hey, how was the how was your uh, night of studying? How did that go last night after the party? And he comes back from school finding the drug. Like it would have been funny to see him handle the um, the <laughs> him trying to him trying to get himself out of like talking about the. The, the circumstances he got himself in oh. and, and and just and having to explain what like or or having her like be like it's like or or her or her recalling her day with when those guys pulled over the bus and she doesn't exactly know why or 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 that Malcolm was the reason why it's like oh wow mom that was crazy that's like I'm sorry yeah. that happened. <laughs> like, like it would have been really nice, and because they seemed like they had a nice relationship too. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It would have been, I yeah, it just would have been a nice little addition to the film. And then, it, especially because when you think about like coming of age movies, there's always that kind of for some reason there is always that kind of theme in them where it's like the separation between the kid than the parent like there comes a point in those films when like oh, yeah. the parent realizes that the kid isn't really the kid that they remember and the the kid realizes that you know I'm my own person now and they kind of grow up and do their own thing um so I feel like that while may would have been like a kind of another played out trope that you know is used in a lot of these teen coming of age movies I feel like it's a trope that works and I think it wouldn't have hindered anything in this film. I think if anything, it would it would have been like an addition to just his character and the overall maybe message of the picture. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking it might have been on purpose that she wasn't that much involved. Because <laughs> the more you guys like, brought it up, yeah, yeah it that it was something out of like, yeah, like you said. The 80s. Yeah, like it's oh, almost, absolutely. You know, uninvolved parents. Yeah, like they're barely around. Or, but like, you, yeah, you guys mentioned like it would have been nice. Paper. Mm. Oh, wow. Just, <laughs> there's something going on in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys mentioned, like, yeah, it would have been nice to see like a small scene. Oh, know, just a man. tender scene of them together. Yeah, I would have loved it if they did like a contemporary version of that. Like her mom's on her phone, just like, oh, wow, Obama's. Uh, like Obama's uh is, is doing some more stuff or like or like or or maybe the like another nod to the drones or something. See, they kind of did that though, didn't they? Do that though in the club though. But yeah, in the club, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it would have been nice if it got if it established earlier a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Obama's droning people like hotcakes or like like from the mom or something. I don't know. Yeah, that would have been because it's like a yeah, you're right. Like you know the unassuming parents. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because you see that even in like, it's so funny you bring that up because you see that in kind of anything and that kind of goes back even before the 80s. Like you'll see that yeah. in like <laughs> Rebel Without a Cause, like, you know, which is considered like the first the, teen movie. The parents. They're yeah, just, they're just like, what's going on? Oh, here I packed you milk and cake for <laughs> lunch. Like, and they're like, okay, they don't know that, you know, I'm getting in a knife fight with, you know, Salmonio outside or something. Yeah, like, it's like, wow, oh, my son's, like, having a, a, a emotional breakdown. Like, Exactly, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, 
so you know it could have only helped it would have just added another layer to the film yeah yeah right <laughs> that, oh man that's great uh that, that's that's a great little note oh man so i mean that I mean, we, we got to talk about the rest of the characters uh, the rest of the cast the ensemble is just like tony oh geez how do you say his last name Rivori, something like that and then uh, Kiersey Clemens, I think, I believe, is, is Dixie. ASAP Rocky. I mean, they, they, you could tell that he really tried to include, like, like and, and this is the part that makes me want to say, like, Spike Lee, because Spike Lee will just put talent from his community and put him in. Like, he mm -hmm. put not just, like, like, he just be like, he included, like, L.A. talent, like, people from the music industry, like, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, ASAP Rocky. Mm -hmm. um, the guy handling the the transaction that 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 waived their fee. Um, yeah. With, with, with the, the his, his he's another artist. I've listened to him a few times. Cap G is his name. Mm. When <laughs> the guy rapping at the club, he's an actual MC called Casey Veggies. Oh. And, and and the guy uh, Austin Jacoby is the guy from Do the Right Thing, the, what's it called? The guy with the stutter? Right, um, yes. Yes, with the Tourette, yeah, that's him. And then in the conversation when they're talking about, it's like when he's trying to tell them like, it's like he, without exclusive, without directly telling them you need to sell this or else you don't, or else you don't get my letter recommendation. He asks them like, what artist would you buy a CD from? He's like, Casey Veggies, that's, he's, they're referencing the artist that was earlier in the movie at the club rapping like they're doing such a he does such a great job of oh man of casting yeah because it just only it only brought more of the authenticity or the organic elements of this movie even even more i mean was there anybody else that you guys enjoy i mean i really like zoe kravitz i yeah. think she's great at playing like ice cold like you know like ooh, like seemingly it's like it's like a she kind of tried to play, it was interesting to me. It was like, it was almost like a faux kind of like a femme fatale thing, but she's like, ew, I'm cold, but you know, on the inside, I'm really just, you know, trying to figure out myself and I'm just, you know, being like a harsh person because I'm just trying to protect myself, which I feel like is, I don't know, I don't want to go in too much into it, but it's kind of the, the whole thing behind like, like, you know, a femme fatale is someone who's like, oh, like, you know, it's like a female character that's going to wreck the other character. But a faux femme fatale is someone where it's like, it's never my issues are never about um, you. It's all about me. It's like about what I'm dealing with. It's very like, it makes me think of like, I don't know if you've ever seen Gilda, but that makes me think of that, like where it's like the same thing. It's like a faux femme fatale, like she tries to wreck another character's life, but it's really all about her issues. So that's what I felt with the Zoe Kravitz character. She's like, you know, her being kind of an asshole to the Malcolm character is nothing about him. It's about her trying to get herself out of the place where she lives and get in better education, better job, better future. It's about protecting herself. And so I really like that from her. I really like Zoe Kravitz. What about you, Alonzo? Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, to me, it was like Keith Stanfield. Yeah. I mean, he really, I don't know why specifically, but of all the years, like since we saw like well, like five years ago yeah. for some reason he stuck out even though it's almost like he was semi typecast for some reason i'll yeah. say 
you know, just playing as a thug character. But, but yeah, for some reason, I don't know why, like I mentioned. But I think maybe because, like, as an actor, he grew on me more and more yeah. as the years passed on. So that's why I started thinking about him more. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he's a great actor. But yeah, I specifically him for me. It's the one who stuck out. Yeah, I love Lakeith. He's just great. I'm I, I'm so happy with his career. I, I I hope he has a long and prosperous career. I really do. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz too. Oh, she's just such a great. She is. I'm just so excited. I'm excited for I'm excited for her performance in Dune. Is she in Dune? She's in Dune. I don't no, 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 no. That's in that's in Daya. In Daya. Yeah. Uh, no, I just yeah, because it was funny because we were talking about how. Uh, so we, we just saw two movies back to back because she was in Mad Max Fury Road as one of the wives. And she and she had that same energy where she was just she she, she was kind of bossing the other wives around a little bit and just and just like being tough about everything. Yeah. It's kind of like like a I don't know, it's uh, especially in that movie, because I think Charlize Theron's also that's also her trope too, and she's also in that movie. Yeah. That's kind of all her vibe as well as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really great. Oh man, who would I pick? Jeez, oh, you know what? Just because he was so appropriate, Blake Anderson. I was about to say yes, from <laughs> fucking guy from Workaholics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he sh- he had no right being as good as he was. Like he had no business doing. It. Like and he came out really solid. He held his own. No, he. I. You know what? He played a frat boy like he did it like perfectly perfect (laughs) he like it's just there was no other person that i could think that could do that (laughs) as good as he did um and it just it was it was perfect like stoner like frat boy like Mm -hmm. uh educated mm -hmm. he knows what he wants to do he knows how he can get away with it so he has that confidence and then he gets put in his place by his friends because of the language he uses and stuff. Yeah, he bounces off really nicely against the. Like he has great like the whole N word conversation. Like <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna say it, and then he says it, and just, just, oh my gosh, that was so abrupt. Just bam. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't cut. It doesn't cut. It just interrupts. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> no, I loved it. I thought, and he was a really a good it was a good comic relief because at that point in the film it started getting a little bit intense not that the film drives past anything verging into like a serious drama or anything but at that point it was kind of heavy like you know these kids are like oh shit like you know are we gonna get killed if we don't sell (laughs) drugs like what are we gonna do and so it was nice to kind of like bring in like a dopey like you know, character to kind of like be like, oh, it's not that serious to kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was really needed because that that uh, that whole sequence with uh, with Blake Anderson really really helped out. Oh, absolutely. I think it also kind of. I think that's. I love when that happens because I think that really helps. I don't know. I mean, I'm considering myself. I'm considering considering us the audience I think it really helped the audience just kind of like relax like you know maybe if we are been feeling tense at that point we're like oh we're on it's like it's cool it was like another switch up like you know we're kind of on our feet like oh now they have to sell drugs and then like you know you have this like random white dude who's just like 
<laughs> casually taking Molly and like shoving it in his teeth. Like it just like makes you like laugh and it makes yeah. you relax. You're like, oh, he's just yeah. being a stupid ass um, yeah. person. He's just yeah. It, just, yeah. it, it, it lets to that really nice balance of of just the the imminent threat of 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 what the hood put upon them, and then. Mm-hmm. And then have their way of trying to figure out their way out of it, and then it ends up they have to they have to party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So he, yeah, it was a great it was a great cast. The like I said, they really made these characters come alive. I think, you know, as much as I I feel like his two best friends didn't really get much. Like they had screen time, but I felt like they didn't really get enough lines to really do anything interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they had maybe a couple things. Like you know, I forgot the his uh, the not Diggs, but the other character. Um, oh yeah, what is his name? I, I don't know. Hold I don't on. Don't remember it either. Yeah, right. It's um, apparently his name's Jib, but the the actor his name's Tony Rivolo. I felt like his character doesn't really like have much to do and neither does Diggs. Diggs has a little bit more of kind of a comedic thing to do because then she was able to like kind of like you know they had scenes where she was like you know being flirtatious and like showing her tits and like <laughs> but like the character Jib um I feel like the only kind of real thing that he like did in the film I remember towards the end he's like no man, we gotta quit this. We gotta stop doing all this stuff. And then like it, like it's it's almost trying to turn the film into like this serious like, well, what have you turned your life into? Kind of a point. And then the characters just so easily brush past it. They're like, nah, like we just gotta get this done. And so like whatever kind of dramatic moment that was supposed to be for his character was then just turned into like a that's eh, just a joke. Like you know, you're just being stupid. Come on, we gotta do this. He's like, what are you talking about? You wanted to go to the pub. We all wanted to go, especially you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but otherwise, though, like the Zoe Kravitz character, Blake Anderson, and then um, um the the Malcolm character, definitely. I think kind of the heart of that film that really made me feel. And you know what? ASAP Rocky needs to be praised. I thought he did a great job. I was really yeah. genuinely surprised. I thought so too. Huh? I keep forgetting about him, like being in this movie. I keep forgetting about him. Yeah, I forgot about he was in it in the first place. Yeah, like, but like not just in it. Like he has a substantial part in the movie. Yeah. Like he he's trying he's trying to woo Zoe Kravitz's character by 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 getting uh, Malcolm in the middle of it by mm-hmm. being a little messenger, and then he has that he has that, <laughs> he has that really uh he has that really interesting uh piece of dialogue uh, rebuttal to how they how they view drones and how saying like oh, actually yeah. that's actually not really that cool that's actually really messed up, right? Which, yeah, which is true, and then. And, and 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 then he and then he carries on like there's this nice moment where like he's trying to figure out what's going on so he's confused on the phone with Malcolm and he's and he's trying to let him know like what he needs to do and then he starts worrying for his life a little bit. Mm. I totally buy it. Like I did you. It's great. It's yeah. I'm sorry, you were saying Alonzo. Oh no, I was just saying yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I was genuinely surprised great he was mm. and like i said earlier i was just surprised he was in the movie in the first place 
Absolutely. I forgot last when we first saw it, at least. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's kind of, I'm sorry, you were saying. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I didn't even know he was like a rapper. I thought he was just a new actor that I just, like, well, the first time I saw it, I just thought he was a new actor until his name came up and it was like, it was like a dollar sign. Yeah. Rocky's like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's easy to kind of forget the character though, too, because he's like done by not even halfway into the film like yeah. by the point it, it's literally like about 30 maybe 40 minutes in is the last time we see this character i think his name, his name's dom that's the last time like you know it's when he's on the phone he's like you know <laughs> talking to malcolm about you know what i didn't send some guy in an el camino to pick up the drugs like, what no you got to get out of here blah 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 um but see that's another thing i feel like they could have worked on is like you know maybe kind of flesh that out more because we never find out what happens to him does he just end up in jail for life because he kind of there's the line of dialogue between him and Malcolm where he makes it seem like you know this is our problem now like you know like if if I don't if you don't help me you're gonna get killed and like you know you gotta like I don't know it just they kind of go nowhere with that it ends up it like I don't know it kind of feels like it's gonna be like a weird like kind of buddy movie for a second where like you know it's kind of the <laughs> friendship between this drug dealer and then this you know because he, he, he said that, that there's a snitch yeah so yeah. so that that's some heavy implications it's like a it's kind of like a total MacGuffin. it's like they like, yeah, like yes okay that's what it was yes right that's definitely what it is yeah it's a total MacGuffin. It's because like because after that conversation, we see him later, and the it's like a sh really quick scene. Mm -hmm. uh, he 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 like bicycles over, and then he he opens his backpack, and then he really believably like takes out the gun and puts it away back yeah. to him. I mean, did I miss a scene? No. <laughs> is, that, is that is that it? <laughs> I think well, there is one scene I think where he appears in the end, but it's like in a it's like in a it's in like a fake like flashback scene where you know oh like, yes 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 which yes. is one of my favorites in the film is when yes, you know yes. it's like towards the end where malcolm's done with the day mm -hmm. and like he's just kind of processing everything and then he just has this like vision and and it's all the people he met literally that day yeah it, it gets kind of overwhelming like oh geez oh. I, I, I got mugged earlier or i almost got mugged by one of my by one of my classmates who's a thug. Uh, I just met this guy and his sister, and then I, I'm being chased by these two thugs. Like, and they, <laughs> I love how casual all of the characters are. Like, you know, they're always like, "Oh, I was just trying to kill you, like three, like you know, two hours ago." But like, you just get on the bus. You're like, "Sup?" Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, definitely Speckly vibe. Yeah, Cause I do that. I when when I sat in the bus, I sit straight. If it's empty, I sit straight in the back in the middle, wow. and I kind of get that view. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, no, it's yeah. just a lot. A lot of great stuff. Did you guys? The ending. I I, I don't know because we pretty much talked about the entire plot almost, right? I mean, pretty mm. much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is there any favorite scenes so far before we get into like the ending pretty much? That was a really good one for me. I really love that bus scene where we're just kind of like, it's just a nice little like backpedal release, the nice little like catharsis, like process everything that you've just seen. I think that's why they put in like this whole vision element of like him just kind of 
thinking about what, what happened to him or what how his life has literally changed in like the span of like what an entire over an entire day it's like it just yeah. changed overnight um i i love that one i you know i really like i think what speaks to the character's growth is the scene where he decides to go to the barbershop and get like a modern mm -hmm. fade and yeah. then like to go to the prom with zoe kravitz character like i i really liked that because it kind of shows him stepping into you know you know the 21st century for lack of better words of it but at the same time his clothing style was still kind of uniquely his it's still kind of like 80s it's still very bold colors so it's like it's a culmination of like two different people it's like you yeah. know it's very basic it's like you know he shed his hair to like you know join you know the new person that he's become over like the whole day that he's had then also you know it's just kind of accepting his past and his self in a way it kind of feels very um i don't know it gave me a very like that that whole thing kind of gave me like a journey it's very like ferris Bueller's ferris bueller's day off for some reason like a very like just culmination of like a bunch of things coming together and just having a day where shit goes wrong but you still make it out in the end <laughs> oh no yeah i mean that's a great the almost like the prom scene is a good one and that bus ride is great did you it's have great. a he, i would say the first time he discovers a drug like he doesn't even like it does starts off all casually them going to school it's out of nowhere the alarm triggers and the dog is barking at him and it's like the first time he's ever like experienced that and the fact that like obviously because he's like the nerdy kid the guard just ignores him yeah, like no come on in. Like, yeah like machine's just... broken <laughs> we're doing pat downs yeah and also i'll say the part when the what's his face the son of the oh when there's supposed to be like that shootout scene uh-huh whole thing sets up and it's just so oh yeah the part when he the guy shoots himself in the leg <laughs> he slice he slaps the gun and then yeah <laughs> he yeah he shoots himself <laughs> and just just the way that whole scene was just set up was oh just so my god it gets so chaotic yeah <laughs> he's just one of the cooks comes out with the gun oh yeah. i yeah. fucking love that the cook just comes to like shoot him out um <laughs> And then I love that they grabbed the chili fries, though. The important thing was they have to make yeah, they do. <laughs> Don't forget the chili. <laughs> yeah. um, I love I, I love the opening scene. I think the mm. opening scene is, like, my favorite because it just, I just, yeah, it, yeah, the way Matt said it, it was, like, it does trick you. I thought it was, I thought I was watching, like, a, like a 90s movie. Mm -hmm. I really did. The 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 like oh a kid that wants to keep his identity and but he has to kind of deal with some hood stuff. Like that sounds like easily it could be in the nineties. Yeah. But then like and then it threw me off when he started talking about Bitcoin and he had a, and he had a, an iPhone and I was just like this is what throw me off. But like it's just it's just really beautifully like just like screams in your face like this is where we are. This is who this person is. This is what they wear. This is the color and style that they rock with. And then. And then it's just I, um, I think it's I think it's, it's still part of the open the the opening of the movie. But when they start talking about um, who Malcolm is, mm -hmm. and it's like oh Malcolm is a geek, uh, <laughs> he doesn't 
they call him a geek because he likes uh white uh white people's and I howled when it said like getting good grades, mangas, <laughs> applying to colleges, Donald Glover. White people, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I howled because I like barely knew who Donald Glover was. Like I knew he was a stand-up comedian, a black stand-up comedian at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh my gosh, I howled when when that came up. Yeah. That was my favorite scene. Um <laughs> Yeah, the closing scene. Um, oh yeah, about it. Those are like because I was actually kind of. I remember not liking it too much, but now I actually like it. Yeah, uh, the first yeah. time I saw it, I wasn't crazy about it mm-hmm. because it does just he does just kind of break the he just pretty much breaks the fourth wall like he just becomes the narrator. But I, I, it actually feels appropriate. It actually feels appropriate. I don't know about you guys. Um, it was very interesting to watch just kind of how well that has really aged. I mean, like, you know, that was 2015, like the kind of, when you think about, it kind of felt like, it it did felt like a bit of a, I don't know, to me, it really did feel like it was trying to like say something kind of on the tails of like, the, the resurgence of kind of the civil rights movement that happened like since like 2012, like, you know, it, it was very much like the Black Lives Matter movement. And then to watch it in 2021, after um, we had a whole other resurgence of uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement that coupled with the most recent um, hate crimes against Asian Americans has been, it, it just, it, it's just kind of really honed into me how important it is to have message pictures like this, to have films like this, where that, that talk about racism and like make you think about how, how hard it is for people and how, I don't know, how privileged a lot of us are and like how we you know there are experiences that we, I don't know, go through as humans that we'll never experience. Like, like for me, example, I'm a white POC. I have experiences that like, you know, like I will never experience from someone who is a darker Mexican person or, you know, someone who's black or anything like that. And I think it's, we need things like this. We need movies like that, not only for educational purposes, but also to kind of, you know, produce a sense of camaraderie like to, it's to speak for people and to give people voices and I feel like that's what the ending message was doing and it really hit home with me I mean I mean it's in a good way but I, it is definitely like on the nose like the message mm-hmm. is saying uh-huh. in the best way possible yeah I think it is well shot and everything and, and like I said I mean it does give me that Spike Lee vibe to it uh-huh. even Spike Lee is on the nose on his messages too Again, like I said, in a good way, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. It is a movie where, especially for people who are privileged and, you know, don't have to experience stuff like this. You know, the fact that even, like, this Black nerdy kid has to deal with, like, hood hood mm-hmm. problems, stuff in his neighborhood. It, it is a great, yeah, it's a great message and experience to watch 
as a film. Yeah, yeah, because he's not. He doesn't even because the way they introduce them, they try to go out of their way, trying to deal with any kind of violence in their lives. Like when they said that, um, like, oh, uh, this is usually their alley where they try to go home, but they can't because the bloods are shooting a little video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you see them doing the video. Yeah. Yeah. So like sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember not liking it because it was on the nose. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't, I'm not sure who needs to know this because I, because I try to go, I try to go out of my way to, to try to, battle any of my own self-ignorance absolutely i'm i am glad that like i wasn't asked like would you edit this out and i would have said yeah at the moment because is some people do need to hear this oh. because yeah you wouldn't expect the you wouldn't expect the nerdy kid that you know isn't isn't actively involved in any of this but he's just surrounded by this environment he could still get in he could still his his life is still like at threat too yeah and he's he, and he's capable of brilliance too. He has his own voice. He's he's off to like I'm really intrigued by not a sequel necessarily, but like just the possibility of like what does what did Malcolm go off and do? Because, yeah, like like what did he do? How did he do it? And like what kind of achievements is he just gonna pursue? Because he comes off super confident off this movie, like. I want to know, like, I would love to, like, just, I don't know, not necessarily physically manifest it in a sequel, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but just the, just, it, it makes me really full of hope that kids like this in any environment, in any, from any culture and group and community, like Mexicans, like from ours, you know, like that just end up having this kind of voice and style that can go off and do something and and potentially do potential potential potentially do great things absolutely yeah so and you know what I, I am glad that i ended up finally giving into like watching as much spike lee as i possibly could because mm -hmm. it really does feel like that was the final like nail in the coffin where it was, it was like yeah this guy definitely is 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 not only kind of paying homage but paying respects to the people before him that the, that have also contributed into cinema. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 editing of that sequence is really great too. Oh yeah, nice rhythm. The ch the locations keep changing. His outfit does his outfit change yeah, as well? Does yeah, right. Because yeah. there's that point in his essay where he compares himself to like two different people. Yeah. Because like, he doesn't want to like tell the Harvard people like, well, I'm actually the drug guy too. Like yeah. he's, <laughs> he's like, this is one kid, this is one side. And like, it, they're both sides of who he is. Uh -huh. But he's just like comparing, you know, you wouldn't think that, you know, he you would. wouldn't think that it could happen to both kids. They would just happen uh -huh. to one or the other. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's right. He does. He doesn't directly yeah. <laughs> connect. Yeah. Like I was both of these. <laughs> yeah, he words it very, very carefully. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> the dean of admissions doesn't exactly know what. Oh man, speaking about that, his application. I would love to read that critical analysis of of Ice Cube's "Today Was a Good Day." Absolutely, oh, I would love to read that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like. 
like Malcolm, are you serious? Like, <laughs> what? If Neil deGrasse Tyson wrote a critical analysis of Ice Cube's Today is a Good Day, this is how he would write it. I was like, I'm sold. I want to read that. I think that though, you know what? That itself is a unique. I would like accept someone in. <laughs> I would too. If you wrote me that, I'd be like, yes. Like if you did, absolutely. Like, did he really just give me like a persuasive essay about Ice Cube's? A, like a literary analysis of Ice Cube Today's a Good Day. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> I think that shows, like, but like, it goes back to you uh, talking about uh, Malcolm's character. And like, you know, that the fucking um, guidance counselor was like, oh, you're arrogant. It's yeah. just how, especially adult care, like adult figure has like assumed someone who is just creative as being arrogant. Yeah. Like someone who's just going against the norms and just trying to put their own creative stamp on something as yeah. being self-absorbed. But it's just he's confident in who he is and he just wants to express it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And yeah. so I, I like that. I, I, I really kind of wish he still would have sent it in. I feel like that would have <laughs> been a good ending to the picture, though, too. Yeah. I mean, if he sent that in and like got in based on that. Oh my gosh, that, that would actually be really cool. It would be um, great. Um, and again, probably added like another like comedic element to it where they're like, <laughs> I could have seen like, you know, like him having an interview with someone from Harvard and they'd be like, we love this, we, we want great, <laughs> blah, blah, I don't know. Man, yeah, I, I'd have been okay with both of them. I'd have been yeah. okay with them, honestly. Yeah. Okay, I lost my, there it is. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, we had a pretty good discussion about the film. Absolutely. Is there? Uh, we don't. This is Cinema Studs five year reviews. We don't believe in rating, starring, giving any kind of numbers, letter grades. We don't believe that because, quite frankly, they're kind of inconsistent, and they kind of uh, they kind of contradict. So it's not. Uh, so we'll give like a ten, like a ten out of ten for like a schlocky movie, <laughs> but then we'll give maybe something a little more cr uh, critically acclaimed, like a like a six out of ten, and. <laughs> it like a really nasty conversation of oh well uh you you gave this a 10 and uh, we can't trust you so instead of doing that uh on this on this uh podcast we talk about a simple question of what would we change and it could be anything it could be uh you know the way it was marketed uh a scene a character that may have not been fleshed out maybe a character we want to removed um just pretty much anything like what would what would we change alonso from Dope 2015, well, would you change anything? Um, I mean, I guess you guys already mentioned it earlier. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it till, yeah, until uh, you mentioned it. But yeah, I do think the mom should have been fleshed out more. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think there should have been at least one small tender moment. Mm -hmm. Like both of them like got back after a hectic day. But, you know, obviously the opposite sense of hectic. And yeah, just like a small little dialogue of them. Like, you know, it's almost somewhat like understanding what they're going through but not exactly like not literally like the same um how do you say like the same what exactly what they're talking about i guess in a way but besides that no i wouldn't really change much honestly i mean i like i said i'll have to agree with the mom thing i think if i was gonna change something i think i 
I don't know. I would have liked to have seen, I don't know. I guess I would have liked to have seen his friends fleshed out just a little bit more. Um, but I do understand that probably this director's style and what they wanted for the story was to really talk about Malcolm because he was the sole focus of it. Although I, I don't know, I feel like there was enough, a little bit of spark and personality from both of those characters um, throughout the movie where they could have done just a little bit more to make them a little bit more memorable to where, um, you know, they could have stuck in our mind a little bit longer after viewing. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's that's fair honestly um uh before i say my like did it did it feel like an hour and 46 minutes this movie like did it feel it's runtime no it was a fast movie to right? me i felt but like it kind of feels like goodfellas a little bit like how there's oh yeah like like, like enough energy is going through time like it, the movie it feels like an hour and 30 minutes mm the thing i would change is i would probably add like five or ten more minutes mm. to the movie so that we could get like the characters a little more fleshed out the mom a little more fleshed out like just add, like add a little more stuff i don't know why i just i felt like i could just take i could digest another 10 15 more minutes in this movie i completely agree i think the ending i'm sorry i, I didn't mean to start oh you're fine go for it yeah oh i just thought the ending was a little bit abrupt like i do i yes. told you that but they wanted to make a statement with like him getting the envelope and seeing that oh he got into harvard and they like we only know he gets into harvard because of his smile that he made yeah his little smile that brief like smile yeah. but i think what you said earlier talking about how you wanted like a sequel to this and like kind of see where malcolm is it would have been nice to have an extra five minutes of him in like the future and see like where he's ended up. And yes. like, so it could go to, maybe he could be doing something opposite of what, you know, his, the, the kind of mentor guy that like, you know, got him, that helped him get into Harvard that like, you know, he had to sell the drugs for. Like, it'd be like, it'd be a nice contrast to show that like, yes, I came from the same area. Yes, I came, I went to Harvard as well as this guy, but we went in different opposite directions. Like I, you know, he, you know, is still kind of like dealing with like a little bit of like the yeah. black market kind of thing, but I'm like <laughs> totally above ground, like have my own thing, have my own business, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah, I, man, yeah. I, I think that's it. To negate the sequel, just like 15 more minutes, exactly. maybe two hours. <laughs> Done. <laughs> done i would have been satisfied but he left us with wanting more uh that's that, that's a classic rule though leave us wanting more mm -hmm. yeah. oh man cool oh man that was a great discussion i'm so glad we had that Alrighty, and then conclusions so yeah uh so everybody feels like this movie was just stood the test of time right i mean yeah and yeah. I think it will stand the test of time for like another five years as well. Yeah. Yeah, this movie, this movie's great production from design to dialogue to just also just subject too. Like it just how the heck does this feel like is just straight up like it came it feels like it came out right now. Absolutely. It, like, yeah. So relevant. Yeah, like you could literally change Bitcoin into uh, just cryptocurrency, Dogecoin, <laughs> or or literally NFTs, like digital art or something. I don't know. Like, just this is this is ridiculous. Like, this is this is how 
like not just like a little chunk of t- like a specific time or date it's literally just relevant uh-huh. oh yeah anyway i was gonna say i mean what was up or i'm just curious um the bitcoin thing like the whole movie just felt almost like a promo the bitcoin yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get me off on that point. yeah like one like flaw i guess like yeah. i said <laughs> it's not that bad though they did use it pro- even if it was a promo i, I want to say they did use it appropriately though it did help with the story but yeah besides yeah. that it just felt yeah. weird yeah. A, little, a little bit yeah. <laughs> i mean i would have loved uh you know going on that end if they were going to do that like you know if they were trying to do like a kind of a promo thing i would have loved for them to go like the extra like campier mile like every time they mention Bitcoin, like you kind of break the fourth wall, be like awaken like that or something, you know, kind of like a little analogy. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like it would have been something fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, they could have leaned on that. Oh, that, that, that would have just been added to like another fifteen minutes, make it two exactly. hours. Yeah. Just advertise yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Why not? I mean, it kind of felt like that, so they should have made that joke. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It, 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 I'm sorry, you're saying. No, yeah, no, it just it felt. And they should. They could have made that joke. They should have gone. They should have just go away. I would. Yeah. It, it would have made. It would have worked. I think it would have worked. I agree. Yeah. So, so our next episode is going to be um, Son of Saul. Okay. Fifteen. And I, I just get out of the way. All right. Have you heard? Have you seen it at all? No, I have not seen that. Oh really? Okay. Just, just, just go ahead. What? Just say it. What? <laughs> Son of Saul. Yeah, it's just it. No, are you gonna describe it? Are you gonna? Oh, I don't want to say too much right now. Okay. <laughs> definitely, but it, or for me personally, it is up there, one of my top favorite movies of the year. All right. And I do hope everybody else will be on the podcast, like the entire crew. It would be cool if, they, if everybody was. I would love that, but yeah. <laughs> That'll be our next episode. Yeah, that'll be that's good. Yeah, Son of Saul, Alonso's recommendation uh for the 2015 june selection um yeah yeah uh yeah dope came out in the month of june uh before we leave matt do you even remember your favorite movie of 2015 oh god um fuck uh you know what this is gonna speak because i remember 2015 but The one film I, oh God, that I really remember, and you know what, drag me for this, but I'm pretty sure my favorite film of that year was that one, it was that animated one with Pixar and it was from Amy, like Amy Poehler was in it. It was about the emotions. Inside Out. Inside Out. Yes, Inside Out. That was probably my film. And I, I, for, for a Pixar film to like, to go that deep, Especially like it deals with like depression and shit and like and, like not even regular depression like a child's depression. Development, yeah. It's just I thought that was a very very smart film and I don't I'm someone who's very adamantly against Disney. I don't really like Disney. Not here. Yeah. For sure. Oh, join okay. the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, yeah. like <laughs> I that's, yeah. I. I'm someone who like I don't do Disney like you know everyone's like oh my god I love the Lion King growing up I was like no bitch I watch Pokemon I watch you know Naruto Sailor Moon like I have to do I didn't need Disney like it's a ripoff of Kimba ripoff yes that's right for the Lion King yes and that was what 
that was like that preceded it by like what 20 years or something yeah 20 years or something yeah and like it wasn't it funny that some of those are kind of like scene for scene though scene for scene like they didn't even try to adjust them it's insane oh yeah, yeah no. that should be a discussion. Uh, that should be a discussion. like Disney because Disney's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Episode where we just hate on Disney. I don't want to say the YouTuber's name, but their their fans are gonna get up our ass because. Oh really? Of this <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I don't> <laughs> but yeah, they will. I, I trust me. Okay, I don't think we're talking about Inside Out, but I, I, you know what? I, I'm on the same. Um, I think that was like May or June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely summer. It was the summer release. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will jump in that same boat with Matt. I loved Inside Out. It was really smart. It was really thoughtful. I will get back to you though. On I'll, I'll look through 2015 and see what my. Yeah. Okay. Was. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I was just curious, and we just went. Alonso, this is your favorite. No, this is your favorite. I mean, if I had to, if I had to make a list, yeah, I would say Son of Soul definitely like the very top. Okay. But I don't know if I'll count it as number one. Okay. okay, I would have to like, yeah, look at everything. Because yeah. yeah. my favorite movie was The Raid Two. It was a Indonesian uh, martial arts movie. Super crazy, super crazy. Just nonstop action, pretty much. Mm. Pretty slow in the beginning, but once it starts, it does not let go. It like it takes you on a wild ride. So yeah. I think, uh, yeah, because we were talking about this. Do you remember what Aaron and Alex said? I forgot what they said. I think Alex said the, the Revenant. The Revenant, yeah. Alex oh, Revenant. God, was that 2015? Yeah, that's 2015. Was, yeah, the end of 2015. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, the Revenant. I forgot Aaron. It was something like comedy. Yeah, something random. <laughs> something yeah. I think the Big Short. The Big Short, yes, that's what he said, because he liked how but, Adam McKay handled. Yeah. Wait, the Big Short was 2015? I think so. Yeah, it should be like round. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was December. That, yeah, that was in the academy. That was running for the academy. So yeah, we might talk about that too. Oh we, yeah, that's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, the, the 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 month of December has a lot of movies. So oh. I'm excited to I'm excited to finally hit break, and then just have like a legit session of talking about these movies with everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Sounds good. Finish yeah, off the podcast. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Uh, this is uh, thank you for uh, thank you, listeners. Uh, a nice little ending conversation there uh, with Matt. Because yeah, hope yeah, just enjoyed having you here, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, do you want to plug anything? I don't know. Do you do you have a Twitch? <laughs> Are you twitching or anything? Do you have an only? Do you have an OnlyFans? I don't know. Like, do you... do I have an OnlyFans? <laughs> um. <laughs> No, you know what? If you want to follow me, my Instagram is some like it Matt. That's some like it Matt with three T's. So you can follow me there. I post a lot of shit about what I like, movies. No, I love, I love, love the old Hollywood you post. My old Hollywood threads about forgotten actors and actresses, kind of my thing. So if that's what something that you'd be interested to, follow me. And yeah. you know, that's pretty much it. You'll continue to see me here, hopefully. <laughs> well, and we got to make an account for cinema stuff. I, I keep forgetting <laughs> to make one, <laughs> but it's all right. We'll get we'll get that soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe by the time this is out, we'll have yeah. one. Yeah, by the time this is actually gets published, we'll have it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. All righty. Thank you guys. All right. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.